Hey Alexa, what's the definition of hustle? To be aggressive, especially in business or other financial dealings. You're listening to the H for Hustle podcast, designed to inspire future entrepreneurs to take the leap from working for someone else to pursue their passions and side hustles and turning them into full-fledged businesses. My name is Jerome Fenton. I'm a serial entrepreneur. Every week, I'll be speaking with an entrepreneur that has taken that leap. We'll be talking about the lessons they've learned and how they've turned their passions and side hustles into full-fledged businesses. H for Hustle Podcast, welcome back. back, back Another back, back, illustrious back, back, episode back, back, back. up ahead. And on today's episode, we have Brian Wick, the founder of QT Holdings. I met Brian when I went on a mountain bike trip with my best friend TJ uh, over my birthday weekend. I met him in Ohio. And have you ever met someone that you just were so fascinated by? Um, I started talking to Brian and I found out that he built this bike track that we were riding on I was already impressed with that and we talked a little bit more and I found out that he was a business owner and then I was even more impressed with that and then he told me that he helps other small businesses in the service industry get their business back up and running if they were in financial trouble or problems or whatever and that was like completely mind blown at that point and then I found out that he has four kids and then I was more mind blown and then he said you know he he also rides competitive BMX and I'm like, how do you have time for all of this? And I was completely fascinated by him. And I wanted to have a deeper conversation with him. And that's what you're going to hear today. A deeper conversation with Brian Wick of how he's able to manage all that. His career, how he's able to do all of this. Um, and I'm probably going to bring him back because this hour that we had wasn't enough. I need to continue to dig his brain on so many other things. Um, so I'm not going to waste too much time. Let's get into the episode right now. H for Hustle Podcast, welcome back. We have another uh, illustrious guest today. Today we have Brian Wick from QT Holdings. Brian, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Brian, if I was to meet you at a dinner party, what would you say you do for a living? Uh, what do I do for a living? Boy, that's a complicated question. But uh, I basically, at the end of the day, is I, uh, I, I help companies achieve their goals. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I help owners that are kind of stuck in that, like, I don't know how to get to that next level. I help them achieve that or even help owners get off, you know, into, into that retirement phase where they could still maybe leave a legacy for their family because I do a lot with family businesses in the home, home industry, home trade industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I help people make those transitions. And uh, we... We, I also have uh, a heating company and a plumbing company of my own that uh, are in, the, in all around Ohio um, that I operate as well. And I, I manage managers on that side of it. I have, I have a great management team and I, I, I spend a lot of time developing those people and bringing them up and empowering them to do great things is really my job. All right. Got it. And how long have you been an entrepreneur now? Uh, 90, June 15th of 1994. Wow. Okay. My <laughs> math. <the> exact date. <laughs> what is that like? Thirty something odd years. Something like that. Yeah, it's it's Got getting it. up there. But yeah, Oops. it was uh, it was a couple weeks after high school graduation, like uh, like wow. right after graduation. I gotta ask one question before I would love. I'm gonna get to that. What yeah. is the one thing in your thirty something years of business that you wish you had known in 1994? Uh, how to empower people. Um, how to recognize talent and empower the people and have the strength to, to let them do their job um, and not micromanage. That's, yeah. wish, that's what I wish I would have known back then because I was trying to do everything mm-hmm. and I, nobody could do it better than me, right? Yeah, uh, I think that's I was, a, I actually was talking to an entrepreneur uh, last week, uh, last week, Thursday about this exact same thing. She's like, I could do it all. And I'm like, you're going to create so much bottleneck within your own business. You can't that's, do that. And that's, a, and that's exactly what we call it. We call it bottlenecks in our company. And, yeah. and uh, you know, even just as recently as a few months ago, we were, we were growing like crazy here and we were, I created a bottleneck again. I, I was my, my, one of my managers came to, came to me and he basically said, dude, like you're, you're the problem here. This is what I need to do to get this, this, problem to the next level i need to fix this and you need to just stop thinking like an owner for a second i'm like oh sorry uh, dude yeah I, I i i take it back I, my bad <laughs> so you know but uh, right. that's the biggest problem so let's go back to that that day after graduation of high school yeah you decide you're going to be an entrepreneur what business did you decide you want to start 
Um, so my brother was just, my brother had, was working HVAC as a salesperson. He okay. really didn't have any field experience. He had just lost his job um, and he decided he was going to go into business. Wanted to know kind of if I wanted to get in. I said, sure, why not? You know, and um, at the time, because of all the tax breaks and different things, we decided to actually make his wife the legal owner. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, female small business ownership, a lot of tax breaks to be made there. And yep. I was I was 18 and I didn't have a wife. So I'm like, hey, whatever, you know. So <laughs> we uh, we she, she became the official owner, uh, but she worked the office for us. Uh, man, the fax machine, if, if anybody on here remembers those. <laughs> fax um, that, wow. Yeah, so that, that was that was our lifeline, though, back then was that fax machine. You know, if fax came through, we were like money, you know, it was. Yeah. Good stuff. So um, you guys went and sold HVA systems, or what did you? What were no, you? we we uh, we actually <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing. Um, okay. You know, my brother had a, had an HVAC license, so it, and he knew how to sell equipment. Nobody knew how to really service it or install or do anything. <laughs> we just kind of figured it out. I was really mechanically inclined. I okay. um, I worked on cars from the time I, 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 you know, I worked on bicycles, cars, if it had nuts and bolts and it could go fast, I, I, I worked on it. So, it. um, I figured, ah, you know, I can install a car stereo. I can install a furnace, you know, what's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> I um, make a few hundred pounds, but yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. So we got an S10 pickup truck and we, uh, he had a contact with our local utility company for a hot water tank program that they had. Mm-hmm. So, all of a sudden our heating and cooling company was installing hot water tanks and they would fax us over jobs about three a day. And we'd go install like three hot water tanks every day. And every time we'd go into a job to do a hot water tank, we'd leave them business card and put a sticker on the furnace and hopes that they would call us. And we just kind of continued to grow from there. And then in the nineties, the late nineties around here, the new construction market went insane. So we really jumped into the new home construction market and we found out that there was a huge niche in our area for custom homes, they were building. We live in a, a pretty nice area. I mean, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but it's, you know, we like a lot of the professional athletes uh, live around here. We have a quite a few high-end professionals that were building these. They were selling on all these farms in our area that I grew up running around in, into these huge developments with these massive homes. So we found that there was a niche for custom HVAC. Oh. So that's what we did. We, we, we went where the market wasn't. You know, and that was, that's always been kind of my MO. If you're doing this, I'm going to go do that, you know, and and that's always really worked well for me. So we jumped into, we jumped into that market and just, we, we never apologized for being the highest priced. Um, We always did what I would consider the best, the best job in our area. And that's who we were. And we, and we kind of never turned back on that, that base philosophy of, I'm not going to apologize for charging you more than the, than the guy next door. Um, if you don't want to go with me, that's okay. Uh, but you'll call me eventually. Got you know. it. So what was the, why, where did you guys see the market just going? Was it just like, I see the market going here. Let's just follow the breadcrumbs where it's going. Correct. Or was it just like a massive opportunity you couldn't turn away from? It was, it was a, probably a combination of both. Like we, you know, growing up in the area, you just start to see all these, all this, we, we live out in the country. I mean, it was, okay. well, it was the country and, you know, you're seeing, you know, farmer Bob's, 200 acre farm is turning into this huge development and they're putting these you know, 7,000 square foot homes on it. Wow. Okay. I mean, so we were like, man, who's doing this stuff, you know? And then we start, you know, we just started Reaching poking out. around and I, I guess I, I did have a little bit of an in. I went to school with a guy whose dad was one of the builders. Okay. And I guess I did have a little bit of a contact there. Not much. It was very, I guess it was a foot in the door. Got it. So you um, were working with the developers to build these HV systems for these massive homes, right? Because yeah. they, they, each room needs to be cooled and temperature Correct. differently. Okay, got yeah, it. Zoned. And then, and then the other thing they were starting to do out here was geothermal heat, okay. which was a complete new technology for this area, very high end. And uh, we decided that, again, we're going to go where the market's not. And we started really pushing new uh, uh, the geothermal in this new construction market into all these high-end homes and we we just took the market by storm we were the number one geothermal dealer in ohio for like a decade wow okay and so now you you know a lot of entrepreneurs early stage entrepreneurs i know you guys were in it for a while they they have a real um blockage in pricing themselves really high what made you guys say you know what we're going to be the premium we're going to be the louis vuitton of hvac we're going to be the most expensive one what was the 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 mindset behind that i know my worth okay 
<laughs> That's a simple answer. <laughs> I know it. my worth. I, I got, I don't know where I got that drilled into me. Um, somewhere along the line, somebody drilled that into me and like, know your worth, you know? And um, I always remembered that, you know, I, my, uh, my girlfriend has a, a pet setting service. It, it does very, very well. When we started dating years ago, you know, I, one of the things I told her, I'm like, man, you're way underpriced, you know, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, know your worth. And uh, now she's extremely successful, has more, more dogs and foxes and bearded dragons and <laughs> all kinds of crazy stuff she takes care of but she's extremely successful and it was this it was that one thing i'd like know your worth and value your time you know your time yeah. is valuable and right. uh and, and you don't can apologize. always you can always lower your price but it's really tougher to raise your price you know 100 so yeah. percent. there's no there's no problem with giving some discounts you know to some people but but know your worth and don't ever apologize for it we've had I've had salespeople that have said, you know, they've, they've come in here and like, man, we're kind of expensive. And you know, I, I've heard them, I've heard them on sales presentations say, you know, I'm really sorry that, uh, you know, we're a little bit more, but we're worth it. I'm like, what are you Don't apologizing, apologizing for? for. Yeah, Never exactly. apologize. Yeah. We, we give our guarantees are so above and beyond what anybody else in our area does. And, and all my companies, I, I am, you know, I empower our people and I have way above and beyond warranties than any other, anybody else in my industry has. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that. So my homeowners can't lose. They can, they absolutely can't lose by doing business with me. And that's one of the pillars that we stand on. You know? Got it. And because you're also selling quality product with a warranty, you know, the service is great behind it. So it makes all sense. Um, so the late nineties, you guys are doing geo, geothermal um, sales. What happens next? How do you guys keep leveling up from there? the market imploded <laughs> and all of a sudden we're like, there's no more new construction to do. So we had to make some decisions and we were trying to get actually out of the new construction market because the margins in new construction aren't really great. They're okay. If you're starting out, they're a good foot in the door kind of thing in my yeah. industry, but just that where you're going to, you're not going to make a career there. It plus it's just really hard on your body. It's hard to get skilled labor. You know, you get people that maybe aren't the and not That's, the greatest, yeah. greatest people, you know, out there cutting holes in houses and whatnot. So we made a decision that we were going to get away from that market. And it was a very, very tough decision. You know, you get, that market had been good to us. You yeah. know, and all of a sudden we're going to take our, our whole company. We're just going to flip it upside down. So we did you do that before the market crashed or did you do that when the market crashed? Just before we okay. somehow I've, I don't, I don't, I don't know. My psychic ability kicked in and we all <laughs> kind of went, man, we need to go do something different here. Got it. Um, so we but we how we, hard is that to make a transition from something that's bread and butter? Because, you know, some, that's one of the hardest things when you find success, something is to leave it. How hard was it to make that transition? And, and you know, was everybody on board in making that transition? Um, it was really hard and not everybody was on board and not everybody was able to come with me because we were we were transforming our company. Hmm. Um, we wanted to get into the replacement and service industry. And we wanted to, my, my thing, one of my things that I still say to this day is I say, we're not in the HVAC and we're not in the plumbing business. That's not what we do. We are actually in the customer service business. business yeah. H, HVAC and plumbing is just our vehicle to, to, to deliver our, yeah. our customer service. And with that philosophy, it was a, you know, the, the light bulb kind of came on for some people. Some people, you know, we had a couple people that just didn't go come with us. And they went and I have two of my competitors are guys that were working for me at that time that went on to go start their own companies. And they're doing okay, you know, but they're, you know, they're, uh, you know, and, and good competition is, is good. You know, yeah. it's, it's great for the, great for the market. Got it. So you um, now went into service and now yeah. you're servicing, are you servicing all of your old clients or are you just yes. completely servicing <laughs> completely new business? All those people need maintenance. You know, we had uh, thousands of homes that we had done by that point and uh, we had addresses and names and phone numbers. So we started realizing that like, Hey, all these people we've been doing for the last 10, you know, seven years, I'll need maintenance on this equipment. Got it. So now we, so we, so we flipped, we've just completely flipped our business model into maintenance service and replacement. And we Got completely it. abandoned new construction. We haven't done a new construction job in 20 years. Got it. So everything your competition's going ahead and doing, you're just going to service it on the back end. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense and the margins right. are and the margins are way better and the, i mean everything about it's better it's so. also easier to kind of forecast right because you, you can say all right x amount of people need servicing you can get your sales guys to go look for more service-based business and this is it residential or commercial all residential all residential strictly residential okay. All right, so this is around what two thousand and eight. Will you make that transition? No, this is online around like two thousand three or four. 
three and four. So Somewhere. really before the 2008 collapse, like happened. Correct. Yeah. 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 That was a whole, that's a whole different story we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we made that transition and we decided we were going to go into residential service replacement and walk away from the new construction, which had been probably 80% of our business up to that point. Got it. So, you know, earlier you said you manage, you learn to manage people and, you know, we kind of jumped ahead really fast. We're at like 2008 (laughs) in your business. How did you start learning the skill of people management? Because that was something for me that it took years and years of trial and error and like trying and actually had a mentor that actually helped me out and showed me how to do that. How were you able to learn that? Because it's just you, your brother, his wife and a fax machine like eventually you start getting service guys and you start getting salespeople. So how did you like hone that skill? How did you learn that? Well, I mean, so I have to go way back to elementary school to talk, to start that story. And that's honest to God truth. I recognized early playing kickball that I was really good at recognizing talent and I could always put together the best kickball team on the schoolyard. Really? Yeah. And I realized back then that I had like, I kind of have a knack for this. And I've always been really good at team building. Um, mm-hmm. Even through my, my, my BMX days, I managed a team and we did really, we were, we were probably the biggest and most recognized non-factory factory team on the circuit for five, six years because wow. we were really good at recognizing talent, empowering people, and giving them the ability to go do great things. Got it. So do you think your superpower is just recognizing talent and knowing where to put it? Correct. That's, yeah. that, I, that's, that's probably, you know, not to sound weird, but that's probably one of my gifts. I, I, I've been blessed with that. I've been, re- I'm really good at talking to someone and going, man, you would be a rock star in this position. And they may not realize it. They're like, well, I'm a service tech. Okay, great. I'm going to hire you as a service tech, but we're going to start to try. We're going to, we're going to start to put you in the right seat on the bus. You're going to get on my bus. Mm-hmm. You're definitely getting on my bus. I'll get you as what you are now, but eventually you're going to be something. I'm going to, 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 and you're, and it's going to be your decision, not mine. I'm just going to give you all these, all these opportunities that I'm going to put in front of you. And you're going to pick, you're going to pick the one. So it's a two way street. You have to want to do it. And I have to recognize that you're really good at that, you know, and I've been really good at that. I've, I've surrounded myself with great people within my business. And now we, you know, I have four, four or five different managers that I'm, that report to me pretty much every day. You know, I don't really talk to the field staff so much. I come in and my job with the field staff now is really just to come in and hand out high fives and like, and, and send out funny emojis in the group text and just, and just tell them like Be a source of like motivation, but from a distance be a leader, yeah. you know, and I think that's where so many owners and managers go wrong. You know, it, it, I can hire a manager anywhere. I can hire a manager next door. I don't want a manager. I want a leader, you know, and there's a huge difference in that yeah. huge difference. So I know my audience is like, so how's this guy so magically good at talent? So I got to ask the, the blatant question in front of me. What do you look for when you see, what, what are you looking for in talent? Like, what are you looking so, for in the, Super simple. So when I interview people, all I do is I don't, you know, obviously you got to go through the nuts and bolts of the job, the job description and all that. But, you know, I really enjoy talking to people like, you know, you You and I, (laughs) (laughs) I really enjoy talking to people. And if I can sit there and hold a conversation with someone and go, you know what, I could sit through a baseball game, having a couple beers with this person and, and really enjoy my day. That's what I look for. Got it. And, and that's the honest to God truth, because it is so hard to find somebody who can communicate effectively, um, knows how to look somebody in the eye. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a rarity. Um, and, and, and they're just a good human, you know, yeah. and, and it's it's these couple of things. So like my dad, this is probably where it came from. My dad, when I was a kid, he used to tell me, you know, it's like only a couple of rules to life. He's like, you know, just be cool. Don't be an <laughs> asshole and be on time. That's it. <laughs> that was kind of it, you know, and I, I've kind of always, you know, referred back to that, that, you know, that's kind of like the ground rules of life. And, uh, you know, it, you're funny you say that because when I was, when I had my door to door sales company, I literally, that's what I looked for in good salespeople was like, can I have a good conversation with you? Mm-hmm. Can I like you within the 20, 30 minutes that we're going to sit down with each other? And, you know, can I, can you and I have a rapport Besides the description of the job and what you can do, can you be entertaining to me? Because if you got to knock on someone's door or walk in someone's business, are you going to be able to hold the conversation and be likable? And that's all really what I looked for. Now, right. granted, 
some people pan out better than others, but for the sure. most part, that's what I look for. Yeah, because like with all of our people, what I always tell them in our industry, it's always about, you know, get in, get out, get out to the next call. Right. You know, that's a big thing. Let's I'm interviewing a guy right now. He's like, man, I run like 10, 11 calls a day. And I'm like, well, you're going to get three. That's all I'm giving you, giving you three calls a day. And he's like, well, how am I going to make a living making three? Because I said, well, you're going to go in and you're going to build a relationship with our customer. I want you, if they're going to give you milk and cookies, I want you to sit down and have milk and cookies. If they want to sit down and have you watch the Ellen show and a cup of coffee, guess what you're going to do? You're going to watch Ellen show and it's going to be the greatest show you've ever watched. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to pay you. I always end every meeting I have, every staff meeting, I end up the same thing. It's let's go make friends today. Because if my, if my team can go into a house and build a relationship and they like and trust you, because people do business with friends, right? Yeah. We all know that. So you build like and trust. Once you build that like and trust, what are they going to do? Tell everybody else that you are so great. Yeah, and, and they're going to and they're going to call and they're you back gonna, too. And they're going to take your recommendations. They're not going to they're not going to get the other quote. They're not going to do any of that. They're like, I trust you. You know, if you're telling me I need a new whatever, I need a new whatever. Yeah, and but I could hear my audience saying like, yeah, but like, how do you make money just doing three jobs a day per person? Like, it's not it's 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 not massively scalable to be likable everywhere you go, right? How do you well, make it, that work? Well, you you make that work. You create an environment where people are they they want to be happy. You, you know, I don't I don't I I I work really hard to create an environment that everybody's really happy to be here. And mm -hmm. when they're happy to be here in the morning, it translates to my customers. And when they go to my customers' houses, now when they walk in there, you know, they we fix the problem. Number one thing, do what you're there to do. You know, if we're there to do a maintenance, do the maintenance. If you're there to fix the air conditioner, fix the air conditioner. If they're there to fix a drip, fix the drip. Yeah. But while you're doing that and you're building this relationship, you know, look at the things that other companies are unwilling to do. You know, hey, I walked, I, you know, I walked out, out of your house and I noticed that you had this piece of ductwork hanging down. You know, this is what it's causing. This is the effect. Uh, I go ahead and take care of this. And now your bedroom upstairs that you've been complaining about not heating or cooling properly is going to is going to be it's going to be fixed. And then we, you know, Got it. so we, there we, there goes we, the trick. The trick yeah. is you're nice enough to then be able to sell the upsell. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. so and we don't call it really an upsell. We call it just. So if 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 I if let's, let's say you had a a. a some kind of an ailment that was going to kill you. Mm -hmm. Right. And you go into the doctor and, you know, and I, I'm, let's just say I'm a family member. The doctor says, well, you know, Hey, Jerome passed away, but you know, I, I just want to say, uh, you know, first off, I'm sorry, but I want to say, I'm, I want to apologize as well, because I had this medicine that could have saved his life. And I just forgot about it. <laughs> That's a lawsuit waiting to happen. <laughs> right. So how are, so how are my technicians any different? If we have, if we have a product in a truck yeah. that could help them. Why not recommend it? Yeah. Because all we're here to do, all we're here to do is educate, you know, yeah, we're here yeah. to educate you on what we, what we can do. It's your, it's, if we still their choice, like, like, and trust and education. That's all it is, man. Yeah. Got it. So all right, so let's go back to how you build this because we—you have so much knowledge that you're gonna just kind of we can we can go all over the place because I have <laughs> so many other questions to ask. But all right, so now you transition the business into more of a service-based business. Yeah. Where does it go from there? Uh, we took off big okay. time. It, it took it took a minute. Um, to, I mean, it, it it wasn't like overnight. Don't 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 get it uh, twisted. But yeah. it, but it but it definitely took off in a great direction. Um, everybody's stress level came down. Because uh, you weren't trying to like bust out these houses, um, your homeowners are generally happy to see you because you're there to fix their air conditioner. You know, that's, you got it. Yeah, they, they like the air conditioning guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, it was a it was a huge game changer for us. But it was also on our side, I had to learn how to kind of remanage some people because I was moving from into a more customer service side mm -hmm. of a you know industry. So to your you you had mentioned like a mentor. I had a a couple great mentors in our industry that you know, kind of drilled, drilled some of those philosophies into my head and like how you, how you run a business and how you look at the margins, you run the business off of, off of percentages. You know, that's the, that's a big thing where so many, you know, on the business side, like your overhead, your overhead is your overhead, but you, you have to manage it off of percentages, not the dollars. And and when you, it, cause the dollars really don't, don't matter as long as yeah. you keep your, your percentages, percentages at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when I got some of these just basic fundamentals drilled into my head, um, you know, it was a game changer. And then we have a daily manager's report that my my managers send to me every morning by 
uh, I require it by 9 a.m. They generally have it in my inbox by 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. But it gives me a, a daily, weekly, month, daily, weekly, monthly, yearly uh, snapshot of exactly where our, our companies are and, right. and, 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 and every matrix of our company. So it takes about 10 minutes to fill it out. Because, you know, if you stay on top of the daily, it's not really that big of a deal. We, yeah. each manager and most of the time, from one day to the other, it's it's minuscule number changes. Cor- correct. Yeah. yeah. So we so we have that every day. So we manage our company off of that every single day. So everybody from the call takers to the technicians, we're completely transparent on our numbers. Everybody knows where we stand. Um, we have a bonus program that, you know, this if we do this, you get that. Everything is very black and white and very simple. Got it. Um, that, so, like, that was another thing, like, uh, working with different companies, so many owners try to complicate the process. And I think they're doing it because they think they don't want to hand out the bonus or they don't want to do this, or, or they really don't even, they don't even understand it. That's a big thing yeah. is how many business owners don't really even understand what the heck they're talking about. And then, you know, then they get frustrated with the process because they don't even know what they're looking at. Got it. You know, so funny, um, you were talking and, you know, you and I met, you actually met in Ohio and I was yeah. actually talking to someone that I was coaching and they were saying that, you know, they don't have really good, talented people in their area. And technically Ohio isn't like a New York or Miami or LA. It's not an A market. It's a B, C market. In spotting talent, are you sometimes just taking a bet on somebody or are you really seeing that they have a talent level? I generally see they have a talent. So I, I actually staff a, uh, a full-time recruiter now um, Okay. Uh, that we've grown to the point that we could do that. I hired him initially when I couldn't afford him. Okay. Why did um, you do that? Because a lot of business owners are afraid to do that thing right there. Hire somebody before they even have the money for it. Because I knew, I, I knew, I knew what he could do for me. And once I got him up and going, um, okay. I, I, he would really, I mean, he's single-handedly probably almost doubled our business, but it wow. took a minute. I had, I had to, I had to take my lumps on that and I had to, I had to stand with him and stand behind him. And I believed in him. Um, I, I knew his track record. I, I knew what he could do. And I, I did some, I had him doing some other tasks for me so that I could basically offset some of his income mm-hmm. again, managing off percentages. I knew okay. what I could afford, you know, and, yeah. and I'm like, all right, I will take my lumps. I'll, I'll give up a couple percentage of profit right now to gain 10% profit for the next 20 years. Got it. So you just made an investment in the future, not in your current present. Like is the present, the you couldn't see the value in the present, you saw the value in the future. Correct. So like my job, what I always tell my managers, I, my managers, I'm like, I want you to manage the day. I'm managing six months from now. I'm, I'm always six months ahead of you. Like they'll come to me and say, well, so-and-so from the you know, job today. I'm like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you know, that's that. you. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm over here. Like, cause uh, you know, like right now we're looking at, you know, possibly starting up some other, a couple other companies, a couple other startups right now. So, you know, and that's after the first of the year with it, you know, God willing. Um, so we're, you know, I'm already, I'm already in 2022. Got it. You know, so when you and I met, we spoke about you helping other entrepreneurs and mostly in the service-based business. Right. Um, and I kind of liked your your story of how you actually came up with that. What was the, can you retell that story to the audience? Uh, well, let's see. I'm trying to remember exactly what I said. You said something about bar, uh, <laughs> bar rescue. Yeah. So that's, that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually called the John Taffer of my industry by, by some people, which so is kind of okay. cool. Um, so what we do, QTL, it stands for quality time left, meaning basically we give owners their, toward the end of their career, we give them the quality time left because so many of them can't exit their business. They didn't prepare. They have no retirement. So their retirement is basically collecting distributions off their company. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Great. I mean, I, I'm probably going to do the same. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, what we do is we give them that time back. So they can do that. So we come into their company and we basically look at look at what the deficiencies they have. Most companies that we get involved with are some of them are really upside down. We've had some that were really, really bad. Uh, we were able to take them within about a six month period from, you know, just bleeding money to turning a profit. And, um, you know, and then we, we, we can either hand you your company back to you and you can, and hopefully you learn some lessons or we can stay on and continue to manage you. Uh, and just kind of, I always say, we keep you off the guardrails, let don't, you know, keep you from setting yourself on fire. Um, we've had companies that we've worked for that had some illness within the, within the leadership. Yeah. And, uh, we came in and we basically ran uh, her company for her until she was able to return. Got it. Um, We've have we have companies that we do kind of a la carte. We have a, we have an electrical company we do recruiting for. Uh, we have a solar company we do recruiting for. 
Um, so, you know, we have all these different services. We have marketing we've done for other companies within so, our QTL organization. So you're not like John Tavery come in and slap the stuff off there and start screaming at everybody. No, I try not to do that. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, I mean, I had one company we worked for and I remember day one, I fired the entire company except for their manager. Wow. And, and the owner was just standing there with his jaw on the floor and I'm like, it'll be okay. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I mean, his, I mean, his, his, his employees, they only had a few employees and the, his, his main guy and uh, worked there and his, his uh, he had a relative that actually worked with him as well. They came in high as a kite. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. That ain't going to work. You know, we yeah. don't, we, you know, we drug test, we background check, we do that. And then he's like, well, he just got out of the jail and he's going through a hard time. And I'm like, well, he definitely can't work here. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, so that was my, that was my one big John Tapper moment that I, I came in and I'm like, you get, you're on fire. <laughs> but, so you this, the service industry, most of the time people, start a service-based business. I recommend people start service-based businesses because it's a it's a trade-off from time to money. And most people who've come from a job understand trading time for money. Correct. The problem is they get caught up in the trade that they're doing. So if they do electrician, they get caught up in doing all the work. They get caught up in, you know, whatever is a part of the job that really they shouldn't be doing anymore. Right. And a lot of people who listen to this are very early stage entrepreneurs. So if you can give people like three tips to kind of stay out of that like mindset or it can help them stay away from that, getting caught up, being in your business, you just create another job instead of running a business. What are some tips you can give those people right now who are maybe starting a service-based business? Yeah. I mean, look, look for good talent and empower them. You know, if, if you, if you hired them, you, there was something there that you liked from the beginning, there was something there. But what if and they don't have the money to hire the person? What What is the tip from there? What if they just have the Chevy S10, <laughs> their brother and their brother's wife? How did they go figure out it there, out? Go, go out there and provide the highest level service that you can. And I'm not meaning like go out there and kiss butts and do all this stuff, but just go out there and do a really good job. Communicate with your with your with your with your customer. The hu- the biggest thing in our industry in any service industry is is communication and education. Mm-hmm. So many people fall short and that's where like a lot of your startups, they fall short because they're generally like a technician that got disgruntled with their owner. I can go do it better over here for less money. Right. Mm-hmm. We see it all the time, but the, the thing they're, they could be extremely talented in the fact that they can fix anything, but they can't communicate and they can't educate and they don't build the like and the trust. And when you don't build those couple, just those small building blocks you're destined to fail. You'll never, you'll never be more than a chuck in a truck. Mm, a chuck in a truck. <laughs> I like yep. that. So first is educate, provide the high quality service, educate sure. and communicate with your customers. And then the third thing you would say is um, try to identify good quality talent. Yeah. Surround yourself with good people. I mean, and don't go out there and, you know, know what your numbers are. So you know what you can afford. But don't be afraid to go out there and stretch a little bit and and hire somebody that can bring you something. You may have to give up something as an owner on the front side a little bit. You you may have to. I mean, especially when you're a startup. Yeah. Hot dog and ramen noodles, man. It's uh, it's a staple. You know. I mean, and that's that's okay. Because you go to bed full. I didn't say it was that's great. Right. That's right. Because you know that on the back side, there's you know there's going to be a fillet and a nice baked potato. Got but it. you just got. But you got to get there. And we live in a society so much that everybody wants. Everybody wants that. You know, right now. I want it now. 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 Um, and when you say educate, when you say educate and communicate, are you talking mostly to your customers? Try to bring a value proposition first before you even try to upsell 100%. anything. Got it. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll spend. You know, we'll. My technicians will. You know, I just had I just had this conversation. The guy that I was talking about that I said you know hired, they run like ten or eleven calls every single day, yeah. and I said, "Dan, you're going to get three. Um, you know, he he just he didn't understand that at all. And I said, "You know, my I'm going to pay you to go in there and and build that friendship. If if you're there less than an hour, I'm gonna I'm gonna not be upset, but I'm gonna question that. Yeah. You know, one of the numbers we look at, and I've proven it over and over and over again in multiple businesses, is that the more time you spend in the house building a relationship, like, and trust, friendship, doing the things that other companies are unwilling to do. Every time, the more time you spend, the higher your ticket and the more my, my billable hour is. Yeah. You're so, you're you're so true about that. Cause when I had my cleaning company, there were a few clients in the early stages that, you know, the biggest thing we had going for us was just provide a best quality service. And 
we provided such a quality service. We would move furniture when other companies would charge for moving furniture. We'd do so many things. We'll explain the type of carpet. If you're going to buy a carpet, I remember getting calls like, I'm going to buy a whole new carpet for my house. What kind of carpet do you think I should get? And we were saying, all right, you know, and because of that, we were able to refer other carpet cleaning and not carpet cleaning companies, but carpet companies to go out and educate them. And, you know, these are the same people that we would, they would, even when our company grew, they were like, we wanted you guys to come back and they would cook us dinner, lunch. Yep. It was just crazy. So you, the more the, time you do spend in the house, the more trust you build with them. Because once you pass that threshold of that door, somebody's dropping their guard to let you in, you know? So 100%. you, you got to be as nice as possible when you get in. Yeah. There. Yeah. You, you have to do all the, all the right things. And, and it just goes back to the three principles. My dad said, man, you know, I mean, it just comes back to that. It's, it's not, it's not rocket science, but owners and entrepreneurs screw it up constantly. You know, they, they think they know better. They, you know, I, you know, my last boss did it this way. So that's how I should do it. Yeah. You know, and I encourage, you know, and I work with other managers. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with managers and, and kind of, you know, be mentors to other people and, and in not only home service industries and in some other industries, which is cool. Um, you know, I met with a guy here recently. He's in the, he was in, he's actually a commercial flooring cleaning or mm-hmm. floor cleaning or whatever cleaning, like buffing yeah. And high, yeah, high yeah like he doesn't that. like hospitals and all this stuff yeah. and we just had the same conversation and i kind of was talking with him about you know just doing the things that other companies are unwilling to do that's such a huge thing because you know he he, and he was telling me a story about a uh, they had another company in there before him and they piled up all the trash in the in the hallway and then they because they were cleaning and then they and then the man the janitor came in and said well aren't you going to move this trash well, no, we just do the floors. We don't move the trash. We just move the trash out of our way. Wow. So, so they, so my, this guy that I had met, he was telling me the story and he's like, yeah, they called me and we were trying to get this contract and they just called kind of maybe to test the waters. Like, Hey, we're in a little bit of a pinch here. Can you come help us out? So they went out there and they spent a half a day moving. He goes, it wasn't like four trash bags. He goes, it was like, it was like 200. Wow. On, on like, a, on like the seventh floor. <laughs> wow. And, and now, and, and because he was willing to do the things that that other company was un, other unwilling to do, he got that contract, which then turned into some other hospital contracts. Yeah. And uh, he said it's been very lucrative for him. And all it was was just moving garbage, right? Like this, this is the little was. stuff. Doing, uh, doing something that another company was unwilling to do. All right. So this, what if somebody right now is a chuck in the truck, right? They mm-hmm. They left their employer. They said, I could do it better. They have, you know, they're running a decent business, but it's them. They might have a helper or two. They are the ones doing everything. They're at a point where it's just all them, right? Right. What advice would you give to that person who's like, I'm a chuck in a truck. <laughs> I'm tired. This is starting, my knees are starting to hurt. My back yeah. is starting to hurt. Like I can't do it all. What advice would you give that person right now? You, you know, I would, I would say first get your business right. Get your house straight. Um, you know, make sure that you in know way? financially. Okay. No, 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 really where you're at. You know, that's another thing that when they, when, when a company gets to that point, they're generally doing okay. Yeah. You know, they're, but they're, they're stuck. They're probably at a 500 to a million kind of like range. Correct. Usually. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're, 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 they're going on vacations they're doing the right things, but their knees are starting to give out and it's time to start thinking about how am I going to get out of this truck? Um, you know, the f- number one thing is get your house in order, you know, know where, know where you stand financially, know really, and, and it, and it might hurt. It's gonna it, most of the time it's a it's a it's a hard conversation when you look does in the, the mirror. Does that mean to cut back or does that mean not necessarily? Okay. It just means really just look, you know, take a look and see are you you know are you robbing the company blind to go on vacation every year? Mm, you know, okay. are you what do you what do you, what's really going on financially? Do you even really ha- what's your cash flow? What's your cash flow position? Gotcha. Do you even know what that means? Mm-hmm. Um, know these things. And then once you evaluate the company and kind of know where you stand, then you can make some decisions. So, so would you recommend that person go sit down with their accountant and say, all right, I I know, I know, I look at the P and L I know what we have, but I really need to get a full understanding of this education on this. Know how to read a balance sheet. Yeah. Um, Know how to read a balance sheet because CPAs they're, they're in business too. They're there to keep you a little bit in the dark and uh, make money. Trust me, I know. <laughs> yeah. So know how to read a balance sheet. Know how to read a PL. Set a budget every year. Set a budget. Spending or ma- the amount you make? All of it. Okay. 
set a budget, set a goal. So your top line is your goal. This is, I want to do $1 million this year and I want to do it at a 10% net profit. Okay. So get out all your expenses for the year, lay them on the table, build a spreadsheet, Trucks, and know gas, exactly all that, yeah. everything, everything, any penny you spend, put it out there and then, and then start to daydream. That's where it gets fun. Okay. So now what do I really want to do this year? And where am I bleeding money? Wow. My, the owner's uh, draw at the bottom is, really big, big. <laughs> you know you know i mean you, you know that's like all right you, you, i'm not saying you can't do that but just know you can't do that and get to the next level you Got cannot it. rob your own company blind and get to the next level you have Got to it. at some point take that gut check moment and go all right so i want to get here because i know again i'm willing to eat ramen and hot dog now because i know there's a filet and baked potato at the end Got and it. you got to have that moment and you got to get your house in order. Once your house is in order and you know really where you stand, then you can go, all right, so now I can see what I can afford. I can afford that recruiter almost, but I'm willing to take that chance. And the reason I was able to take that chance and make it win is it was a educated risk. Okay. It wasn't just a gut check like, ah, I kind of need this and I don't know if I can afford it, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. And if it doesn't work out, eh, yeah, that's that's no way to do business. You, you have to know where you stand. You have to know Got what you it. can, you know, I mean, even when you, you know, like we've had, like I said, we've had growth here and we, we hired two new people that were not in our plan this year, but we needed them because we're, yeah. we're growing um, at such a high rate. I was able to pull my spreadsheet back out, type it in. All right. So this is what, this is what the expectation of what they're going to bring, because I, I now I'll be able to capture these, these calls and this volume that's coming in. I know if I put two more techs in a truck, they're going to produce this put it right in the spreadsheet and you, you know, your, your budget's a working document at that point. Got it. You can go, cool. I can't afford this person. It's going to hurt for a minute, but I can see that in six months from now, look at the payoff. Got it. So knowing where your numbers are, number one thing, like really understanding what your numbers are and then also maybe cutting back. So maybe you're doing a million million two and you're taking hundred and seventy five thousand dollars a year where as an owner you might have to take 50 for the next three years for it to make sense so then yeah. you have that money to give everybody else right and it's usually not that big of a cut it's usually more of just a you know it's 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 that just trimming the fat and, and you kind of you have to do that in your business anyways every year you kind of have mm-hmm. to go through and with a you know with the, with the red pen and you know what am i where am i where am i overspending um, but you know, but you have somebody a, who's a chuck in a truck, right? You're in the truck most of the time. When do you have time to even look at all the numbers? You know, so you, you, so that comes down to time management. You know, I have I I for years I I've had a, I had a calendar back in the back in the '90s before like computers and stuff were you know like you know in the palm of our hand. Yeah, I had a I had a, a day planner. Yeah, I <laughs> I actually still do like the you know I, I still have a, a a planner pad that I write in like every yep. week because. For me, when I write it, it's like it connects to me. If I type it, it in the phone, it just is like, uh, it's on a calendar. I don't know what happened to it. There, but if I write it, like, it's like I'm connected to that Monday that I, you know, that I wrote 100%. the thing. So, yeah. so I, I've, I've graduated to an online version of that. It's in my yeah. computer, but I don't put anything in my phone. It's in my, it's in my laptop. Got it. Okay. And I have to look at it every single day and know exactly what's going on. And I... And I'm not saying say I'm like anal about it, but I am very regimented and like through my day, like this is what I have going on. Mm-hmm. And that's how I'm able to accomplish these things that seem like, well, when would I have time? Trust me, if it's important to you, you will make time, make time for it. Yeah. You will and make time for it. If it's important. And there's more time than you actually think, you know, there's that there's the low time where you're just bullshitting around in your house. Like there's a lot of time that you, you're not really doing much. There's also between jobs. Sometimes you get to a job super early and that gives you another 40 minutes before you even supposed to start that job. Don't walk in right away. Take out your planner and write down what you have to get done. There's a lot of time. Yeah. Stay off Facebook for like a minute and go do your financials. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> Got it. So once somebody gets their company in check, like they get their yeah. money in check, they understand what they're looking at, where they are, where they stand. What do you recommend them doing next to get? Um, that, so if they're wanting to get that next level, yeah. you know, build, build an org chart and have a business plan too. Like I have a, I don't know where it's at somewhere around here. I, every year I have a, it's like a two inch binder with mm-hmm. a business plan. And I've been doing that since day one when we had like, it was, wasn't much to put in there. Now it's, you know, it's almost filled up, but we have a plan in there that tells us what we're going to do. And, and so like in the very beginning days, I'm trying to think way back to then. I remember like when we wanted to get to that next level, i had an org chart and I remember doing that, like, and it was, you know, me, this person, well, this out. person, this person, yeah. and then and then this person that I want to add. And it was on paper. 
Got it. And then there were dots in the circle, but there was no name yet because right. there yeah. it was like tech number one, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but so I had an org chart and, and then that, that made it real. And that and now I know, okay, I got my house in order. I know financially what I can do. Now I have a, a, a board of like, this is, this is what it looks like. This is how, this is how it flows. This is who answers to people. And now I, I still, I still have an org chart hanging in our, uh, in our, in our conference room. It's huge. It's got like, I don't know. I don't even know how many people on it, all the different businesses and they're all different colors, you know, the plumbing, upstreams to what got it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I still believe in it because, you know, people like to see their names on there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's a team building thing too. Um, but, you know, but that would be the next thing is make it real uh, time management, you know, find the time. If it's important to you, you will find the time and don't be afraid to you, you don't be afraid to say no to people that are that are that are energy suckers. You know, there's two types of people in the world. There's energy suckers and energy givers. Right. Yeah. Surround yourself with energy givers, not the suckers, because the suckers just eat up your time in your life. Yeah. And those people also can exist virtually as well. So correct. <laughs> you know? Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm on social media. I, I, I'm on social media a lot. Um, I don't really, I use it more for my BMX stuff and fun Maybe. stuff than, yeah. than business. I try to keep some separation, but um, you, you know, but the, yeah, I mean, you, you, you can go on, you can go on Facebook and get, go down a rabbit hole of nothingness yeah. and, and it's like god why i want that time? i just linked that time back somehow got it. <laughs> you know so they made they got their money they got the org short then then after that what do you recommend what's the third thing so after that after, after you do that you know then it's time to kind of start building your team and start to surround yourself with somebody that you want to grow with and the the people that you surround yourself with you have to trust and like them as much as they have to their customers have to trust and like them. You're going to be spending a third of your life with these people. You, you, you'll probably see this person, especially in the early stages, more than you're going to see your, your significant no, other. Yeah. So make sure it's somebody you like um, and trust. And, and then do a good job. And then here's the key. Empower them. So what I tell my people, and I t- I've been saying this since day one, too. This is another Brian Wickism. My, my staff always is like, dude, we're going to write a book about all the little like things that you, I'm like, you know, is, you know, go, go and empower them. You know, I always tell my people, I'm like, don't be the squirrel in the middle of the road, right? Make a decision when you're in front of the, when you're in front of the client, make a decision right or wrong, make a decision. Don't call a manager unless the house is on fire, make a decision. Yeah. Don't be the squirrel. Because if the second that you call somebody and like, you're not the authority anymore, it's done. You're, yeah. you're done. They, that homeowner no longer wants to deal with you because you can't make a decision. Yeah. And I will give a teachable moment on exactly how I learned this exact thing you're talking about. Um, my mentor always told me like, you know, when somebody calls you with a problem, don't just answer what the problem is. He's like, break it down, slow down for a second and say, hey, what do you think is the right solution to this? And have right. them tell you what they would do and be like, all right, that sounds great. Do that. So then what you're doing is teaching them to trust themselves and then that you trust their answer. Or when they call you, the other thing he told me to do is just say, okay, so what was your solution to this? Mm -hmm. Okay. That solution sounds great. Even if you don't think it's the greatest answer, it sounds great. And then if they make a mistake, let's, then I can be able to coach you and teach you versus Yep. You looking for me to make the decision. So when accountability comes, you could be like, well, I called you and you said to do, you know, and then, right. then you don't become a leader. You become a guy that they look for orders from. You got it. Yeah. So like, I, you know, and I tell my guys, I'm like, make a decision right or wrong, just do it. And then yeah. if it's a great one, we're going to high five and we're going to do some more of that. If it's the wrong one, we'll go, learn. Ah, we're not going to do that one again. <laughs> and then, and I'll be able to teach you how to make the better decision next time because right. it's going to happen again. Right. So, you know, and my managers have been, you know, even my newest manager has been with me for at least a couple of years now. And, you know, they don't call me much anymore. Yeah. You know, I get my daily reports and then we have a Monday staff meeting every Monday, 10 a.m., a running Zoom call. We all get on there and, you know, they, they give me a forecast. You know, they, this is what we plan that we're going to do for the week. This is what we have in backlog. This, you know, J- Jimmy Bob's off for the week. So, we, you know, we're going to be down a little bit in that department. And they just give me a, a highlight reel of what's going on, you know, and, and, they they've empowered I've empowered my managers to make decisions and my managers now have empowered my technicians to make decisions. So, cause everybody knows where I stand. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I only have a couple like 
core values, I guess you would say. Yeah. And, you know, and, and one of them is, you know, make a decision, right or wrong. Just make a decision in the customer's home, you know, or in the customer's eyes. Make the decision. Be the authority. They hired, they hired you because they need your service and you, they can't do it. So you're, you're already one leg up. You're already the authority because they hired you. So now when something, you know, there's a problem or there's a change or whatever, make the decision. Got it. So, you know, every, when I'm talking to you, the more and more, I just hear systems. You sound like one of my mentors. It's like, I just, you just system, system, systems. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like you've invested a lot into learning these things because I don't think you naturally was this guy yeah. from the gate, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't learn that in kickball. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did you, did you take time to invest in yourself? Courses, seminars, you paying for coaches? Like, how did you learn to improve yourself along the way? I went out and found people that were just, that were doing it. And I started building relationships with those people. And, um, you know, I have a really good friend named Cameron that uh, met years ago at a convention. We were there for the same convention and uh, didn't know it at the time. We, we were both just sitting there like, you know, in this hotel bar, you know, and watching hockey. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, and he's like, good. You know, I'm like, where are you from? Canada. And oh, I'm from Ohio. And uh, why, why are you here? I'm here for this course. I'm like, oh, so am I. And it turned out that this guy, he was like, like the super rock star over at uh, Enterprise Run-A-Car at one point in time and was making a transition into the home surface game. And uh, we just hit it off. You know, we were like, well, hey, you like beer? I like beer. You like hockey? Yeah, I like hockey. (laughs) So, you know, best friends immediately. Right. Um, And and, and, uh, I just started really picking his brain. And every time because he was in Canada and he was also working other some other locations, he was I mean, he was. He was, deal. yeah, he was way up the food chain and I didn't, you know, you never know it, but he was way up there and for every reason he liked me. So every time he would come within driving distance of me, I would say, well, what are you, what are you doing in Indianapolis? What do you, what do you got going on over there? He's like, well, I'm going over there. I'm working with, you know, Joe and whatever. And uh, I'm like, can I just come hang out? So I, I started making some connections and I, I would just go sit in on their meetings and I saw how they, how they conducted themselves, mm-hmm. you know, and then I was like, oh man, like, I thought I was good until you really see how these people and how it flows and, and how they are empowered. I keep going back to that, how they would empower their people. And they yeah. weren't, they weren't the chuck in the truck trying to hire somebody to take care of their service calls for them. And then micromanaging them. Why didn't you do this? And how come you got a call back and blah, 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 blah. They're going to run your guy right back out the door and you're going to be right back to square one. So you hire the guy that you, and you empower him to go make decisions and you stand behind them. You know, know that you know that that employee needs to know that you have his back. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I started surrounding myself with people that were really good at that and learning. And I, I invested in myself of like, hey, if you're going to be in town and you're going to have a meeting, oh, it's only a 90 minute meeting. Cool. I'll oh, drive six hours to get there. I want to sit in and I want to see what. Yeah. Goes, just be know? a fly on the wall. I 100%. recommend that to a lot of entrepreneurs, especially early stages. Like go. I call it go on field trips. Right. Yeah. Call an entrepreneur you know, and just if you could do a whole day with them, a ride along, a drive along, how they go do their sales calls, like just choose, even if you can't spend the whole day, like choose the part of the day that you really cherish with them and go spend, you know, I used to, um, I was never really good at phone sales and then a really good friend of mine, he's like a rock star phone sales. He, I mean, he could make anyone like him through the phone. Not, right. I'm better like in person than I am over the phone. Sure. And I just said, yo, can I just spend a day with you? Can I hit phones with you? I'll make whatever number of calls you make, give me your cold list. I'll like warm them up or something. Right. I, I would just sit next to him. So he was calling all his hot leads for the day and I'm beating the phone and I'm just <laughs> air hustling. Like I'm helping him. Cause he's like, I got to get through this anyway, but I'm also looking at how he's dealing with his warm leads and how he, you know, when, when I actually had somebody on the line, he'd be like, you know, like say this. And right. I, because of just that one day, my phone sales ability, like tripled, you know, just because of just yeah. little nuances, how he says things, the inflections in his voice, like certain things. So it's such a good point. Like always take a field trip and go to another another yeah. owner another you know entrepreneur that you really admire and if you and, get around and, and look outside of your industry yeah because go 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 where your competition isn't 
yeah. all your competitions talking to each other at the at the warehouse or at the, at the wholesaler you know and it's always the same conversation man how's business oh you oh, know no. we're staying busy yeah <laughs> they're not going to tell you anything yeah right you know so you know like one of the people that you know he probably if he happens to watch this after the fact rick malterno who owns standard bike company you know he was a huge influence on me about a decade ago and when i got to know him and i you know, he comes from the BMX background. He's Hall of Fame BMXer. You know, owns a owns a owns a company that builds um, builds bikes, bike frames, forks, all that fun yeah. stuff. And, Good and just quality how he, stuff too. Yeah, super high quality stuff. Yeah. I'm, you know, but I I was fortunate enough to kind of like get to spend real time with him, and and just his philosophy on life was number one was really key, and like how he conducted himself, and how he conducted like if if somebody had a complaint. Um, it, it was just, I, I learned a lot from him and it was because I seeked out somebody that was outside my industry and it was kind of by accident, but when I re- picked up on it, you know, I started, <laughs> I felt bad cause I kept like asking him a million questions about stuff. And he was probably like, dude, like, I don't leave know. Leave me man. alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. You know, he's one of my, he's one of my, he's one of my, my best friends now, but you know, I, I seek that out outside of our industry. And there's, there's other, com- others examples of that, that I went and, um, you know, seeked out just good people. I still do that. One of the things I, one of the things I do every day is I, I take an hour every single day for myself in the middle of the day and I, and I read, I read some, I, some sort of a book, like you probably it's over here, but there's a pile of books. <laughs> kind of see some back there a little bit, but uh, you know, I have a pile of books and there's like six or seven that are like my go-to books. And um, could I, you rattle I, off a couple of the titles for those books? So if, if uh, anyone's interested, here's the ones that here's, here's the ones I'm working at right now. So the Daily Drucker is I every single day. You read a page a day. It's 365 okay. pages in there. So Got this it. one's a really easy read every day. Okay. Um, That's one by Peter Drucker, right? Yes. Okay. I I've, I've, love, I've love this book. Yeah. I've read it I've probably my 10th. I've had it for 10 years at least. I've probably my 10th time through it. Um, Eight-figure exit strategy. It's for HVAC and plumbing contractors. Um, just, just starting this one right now. So this is a really cool one. Um, this is a guy from within our industry called named Jim Abrams. Um, it's just a little book that he put together of just these little, like one liner things. And, uh, I I've had this on my desk for probably close to 20 years. Never, never leaves my desk. Um, those are like little nuggets of wisdom every day. Yeah. So then I got like the power, the power of habit is a big one. Um, great book. The, the one that's continuous onto that, the atomic habits, yeah, like really, really good. But I just actually finished the audiobook the other day. Really, okay. good. it was like a continuation of the power of habit. I, I, I actually I saw it on Amazon. I haven't gotten it, but I, this one I would I've definitely read. recommend it because it references that book, but it it goes a lot more deeper into like gotcha. habit stacking and how to do it a much better way. Yeah, the Cameron, the guy that I was talking about earlier, he actually gave me this book. This was a gift from him. Yeah, and uh, awesome, awesome book. Yeah. Um, E-Myth Contractors, another really good one. Uh, and a lot of these do have to deal with like the contracting home service business, mm-hmm. but it just change the name, just change it from HVAC to floor cleaning to floral service to whatever. To whatever it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's all the same stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, the, oh, this is a good one. So Weldon Long, I don't know if you're familiar with him at all. No. The Go Outside see, of Fear. Outside of Fear. He's got like three or four books. Go find Weldon Long's books. He's buy them all. Okay. Buy every one of them. All right. I'm on the Amazon guys, tonight. The, the guys, the you know, the guy's story. First, I won't give it away because part of his thing is his his personal story. Dude, it's good. Well, okay. All right. Yeah. So I'm definitely on top of that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna, you know, ask the questions I always ask. Um, kind of wind it down. Thank you so much for your time, by the way. So I'm gonna go through our little power, power questions here. Okay. So th- there's somebody listening to this, they're stuck in that cubicle, they're working at a job that they hate. They, you know, they're dying a slow death in that cubicle. What advice would you give that person um who's looking to make that transition? Go dream first off. Dream, dream a little bit, feel it touch it, you know, know what it's like, you know, and get excited about it. If, um, if it puts a smile on your face, when you just think about it while you're stuck in that cubicle, just go do it. Take the leap. Do it. it. All right. Um, now what is, uh, something, uh, with the good side of entrepreneur and the bad side of entrepreneur entrepreneurship for you? The good side, I mean, 
it's the people. The, I love the people. Mm. I love, I, I love all the people. I, 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 I'm passionate about it. I, I love people. I love that. I love, I, I love everything about that and the freedoms that come with, come with being an entrepreneur that you can have these relationships with people that you, you know, you couldn't, if you were just, you know, working for somebody, um, the downside, man, I don't, can't think of any, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, you know, it's, it's given me, I mean, don't get it twisted. I had to work, man. Back in the day, I mean, I I got the battle scars to prove it, the bad back, all of it. But I I put in the time. I worked hard so that and I, you know, I and then I when I got to the point that I could get the people to start to work for me and with me, I empowered them. I I I I, I painted the picture of where we were going and how we were going to get there. I was very transparent. Um, and, you know, and, and, and we just all went to Disneyland and that's been, that's just been some of the great things, man. I, it's, you know, like when you came up and you rode at my bike park, you know, that yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do that bike park if I was stuck working for Chuck in a truck, you know, yeah. because I would put in all the time on the front side, I was able to go, all right, now I have some time on the backside and I'm going to go do these other projects. Yeah. And, you know, if you yeah, start, if God, if you ever, if I ever sat down and thought about all the different projects and things that I do, it's insane. I was talking to somebody the other day about, um, I met this four-year-old kid and it was the first time at the B at the BMX track. And, yeah. and I, I took him under my wing a little bit and I was talking to his parents and I'm like, yeah, I used to do, ride here and I did that and I play guitar and I got this bike park and I got this business and I got this business. And they're like, dude, like, how do you find the, like, how? That's, that's one I, of the, that was one of the questions when you and I, um, you know, I met you uh, at the track and yeah. I was like, you have kids? And you're like, yeah, four kids. And I'm like, four kids. Part? yeah. And you're like, I have, I have the company. I help other companies. I'm like, how the fuck are you for the time, bro? And it's like, that was like the most appeal. And then we met that Sunday again at Akron, um, the BMX. Yeah. Park. And you're like, yeah, I coached th- this kid and he's really good. And I'm like, you coach kids too? Like, yeah, you can do everything. So yeah, how are you able to do all of that? Time management. It's all about that calendar, dude. Got it. It's, that's all it is. I just keep, I, 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 you know, I, I also am very, I'm, in case you haven't noticed, I'm a little driven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> just a little. Um, I, I don't, I don't stop, you know, and that's, it's probably, you know, and, but when, when I say I don't stop, it's not just work. It's everything, you yeah. know, it's, I do everything with a passion. If it's, if, I, if I'm not doing it with a passion, it's not worth doing. Kind of comes back to that whole, like, if you're sitting in your cubicle and you think about, and you dream about something and it makes you smile. Just that's the, that's the thing, man. Yeah. If you, if you have that, if you, if, if you're just doing it because you're like, ah, I can just go make a better buck doing this. Don't waste your time. Yeah. Cause you, cause you're going to that bike park that you built. Like, it's not like something you charge for. It's not a money thing, yeah. but you know, I was so like the joy that I got from just being there that day was like amazing. So yeah, that's you know, awesome. We, we, we appreciate that. I mean, yeah, it was, so it, 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 was, it was following your passion gives everybody else this massive joy. That was great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things like when you exude that, that passion or that enthusiasm, people can't help but get excited about it too, you know? So I have people around me that are excited about what we do. It makes, it makes me excited and then I get more excited and then the next person gets excited and the next thing we're like, let's go ride bicycles, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's, it's cool, yeah. you know, but I, right. I've been, I've been really lucky that way, but I'm really, I'm driven, but I'm really good at time management. I, I I'm really diligent about writing stuff down. Like even with my friends, like they'll always say, man, you're like, you're, like, you're hard to get a hold of. And I'm like, I'm actually not hard to get a hold of. You just, I, I just got a lot going on. And if you want to get together for beers on Friday at six o'clock at on tap, put it on the calendar, put it on the calendar and, yeah. and I'll be there. You know, yeah. you, you definitely sound like one of my mentors. Like he has a, like a Franklin Covey binder. And if it's not yeah. in the Covey, it doesn't exist yeah. to the world. He's like, yeah, what? You said you said what to me when? You didn't tell me to put it in the Covey. I don't know if it existed or not. <laughs> if it's not on the calendar, it's not going to happen. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, the last question I ask everyone, the name of the podcast is H for Hustle. What does hustle mean to you? What does hustle mean to me? It means urgency. Mm. that's what it means to me hustle means urgency you know um i i talk about urgency a lot with my my kids uh, my girlfriend my family um you know i you know there, you have to have urgency in what you do if, if you if you don't if you don't have urgency time's going to get away from you next thing you know it's going to be tomorrow then tomorrow's going to be next week yeah. And when you mean urgency, you don't mean rushing something. You mean just getting to it right away. 
Yeah. I mean, just it's 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 uh it's the hustle, man. You know, yeah. it's it's you know, like, you know, you know, I mean, I was a sports kid. You know, the coach is like, you know, yeah, need to need to see some hustle in your step. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then hustle, quickly. hustle, hustle to me is urgency. It's it's uh, those those words are kind of interchangeable, but they mean very different things. Got it. Um, thank you so much for being on the show again. Now, if someone wants to reach out to you, they like this guy had so much knowledge. I really want to know more. Where can they find you? Um, probably on, on, on Facebook, uh, Brian Wick is just, you know, it's pretty easy to find. There's not a whole lot, a lot of Brian Wicks in the world, but on Instagram, I'm a little easier to find, um, Brian Wick and the number 11 after it. Um, you'll see a little BMX picture in there. Uh, please just shoot me a DM and I'm, I'm happy to reach out to anybody. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Yep. No problem at all. At all. At all. And just like that, another illustrious episode is in the can. Man, what an episode just filled with information, filled with gems, a ton of takeaways. This is an episode that I listened back to at least three times already, and I just keep on learning different things from this episode. So um, one of the bigger takeaways that I got from this episode is where he says get around other people who are in other industries and are doing things um, that you admire and you can learn something from them. Spend some time outside of your office and some time outside of your industry. I mean, you'll pick up new things. That was such a big, big gem that he dropped an episode. And guys, he had so much more that we spoke for another 30 minutes after this podcast was over. He's definitely going to be a returning guest. So don't worry. If you have questions, please send them in. Um, I would love to, you know, answer them with Brian on the next episode at a later time. So, guys, I'm just going to wrap it up right here. That's it, guys. Have a good one. And I'm going to wrap it up with a quote that I always wrap it up with from the late great Nipsey Hussle. The quote goes, this game will test you. Never fold. Stay 10 toes down because it's not on you. It's in you. And what's in you, they can't take away. That's it, guys. Peace. Boom. 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 Boom.